Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1387 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Tuesday. And this is part two that you are about to listen to of a two-part podcast. I'd recommend going back to part one if you missed it. I am talking to my friend Brian Shorter about the NBA draft on this particular episode. The Hawks don't play again until Wednesday evening at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. That'll be a very interesting game that I will be covering in depth, as always, on this podcast. But in the middle of those two uh, games between the road trip to California and the home game on Wednesday, no practice on Monday. Uh, kind of a quiet time for the Hawks. So some NBA draft coverage. Again, part one should be available right now in your same feed. Go back to that at the very top of this podcast, and you're about to listen to part two on this show. Brian is fantastic on the NBA draft. I recommend his coverage at the highest levels. And, uh, we have, of course, we'll dive back into day-to-day Hawks stuff on Wednesday. But without further delay, we'll get into the intro here, and then we'll be back with part two with myself and Brian Schroeder. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I do want to get into, just generally speaking, we, we talked about a lot of guys already, but I don't, I don't like to frame it negatively, but who are you Who are you kind of lower on that we have not talked about so far? It feels weird to say I'm lower on Keontae George because I actually really like him for that kind of, like, compare him to Cam Thomas or Jaden Hardy, who I think are the last two guys of that archetype. I like him way more than any of those guys. He's huge. Yep. He's, like, really powerful. He's got great balance. Like, he will be a high-level shooter, even though his numbers aren't great now. He's a legitimate, like, manipulate defensive manipulator make really good passer he's just not like a good athlete like vertically so i don't know i don't really think he's like a number one option type i think he's more like eric gordon but i would take eric gordon top 10 in most drafts and i have i just oh, i yeah. just like a lot of other guys more so i have keontae at 16 but i still think he's really good like if he goes like seven i won't i won't say a single thing about it because he's good uh gg jackson i'm interested in but again he seems he's to be the, the one that, example. like, he, he's he's a very big split guy, I found. Yeah. Just, like, well, anecdotally. For comparison, he is the number one prospect. He was the number one prospect in the 2023 high school class who reclassified because he wanted to go to North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> decommitted because they didn't have enough space on their roster because they signed Pete Nance. And then he went to South Carolina. And he's really intriguing. Like, he's 6'9", can really, like, create his own shot from the perimeter, is, like, a good athlete, Has just has, like, an NBA build like he just looks like an NBA player problem is it's really hard to evaluate him because he has like a 36 usage like he's a crazy I mean, so, usage South rate. Carolina is awful number one yeah they're awful yeah which yeah I mean that is not that's not always bad for prospects but it's not helping oh him it's kind of fun all. it's kind of fun to see him but it doesn't help yeah him. he's not gonna be doing anything he's doing this season in the NBA for three years well plus, so he's, he's, plus he's, he's, he's obviously very young like he's he, yeah. he reclassified and uh you know, yeah, he's probably the guy I have right now the least confidence in my evaluation mm-hmm. of like the first rounders because like I I don't know what he is even supposed to be. <laughs> like I, yeah. I know I know I guess I know what the talent level was supposed to be. Obviously, he was a high end prospect yeah. coming out of high school. Clean but, like, black hole, no passing yeah. whatsoever, no playmaking, just shooting. I mean, is he still averaging less than, less than assist a game? I, I know at one point he was he was averaging like, like one assist a game, which is hard to do yeah. when you are literally the guy on your team. Like yeah. the guy, and he just doesn't pass. Um, it's amazing, but but he he will he will still probably be a lottery pick. I just think he might have to be in the G League. Like any problems that people have with JT Thor, who I was a big fan of, are worse for Gigi Jackson because he just doesn't have any feel I, whatsoever. 
so I, yeah, I pulled the numbers. So uh, I think they played today, so keep that in mind. But as of uh, he was over eight today. Uh, so, okay, he's they, even worse. They got uh, stomped out by Tennessee. That's, I don't really blame him for that. But so, but no, I, I'm not saying that. But like coming into today, he had a like a 30 percent usage rate with 49 percent true shooting in college, <laughs> and then he had a he's averaging uh, 0.8 assists per 40 minutes with a 30 percent usage rate. That that that's is crazy. that's it. That's impossibly bad in terms of passing yeah. from a guy who is obviously their number one option. So I'm not picking on him. I need to watch him more, but he's leading the SEC in field goal attempts by a lot. Like that, that's another stat I'm looking at right now. Like it's just, a, it's an impossible context to evaluate him in. Cause like no, yes. no one in the NBA is going to use him that way. He, he can't be no. used that way. There's no way. So there's even in know. the heliocentric <laughs> NBA we play in now, that's like Luca usage. Well, and obviously and, and I'm not, I'm not picking on him. But he's obviously not going to be able to, do that, yeah. nor will teams ask him to do that in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. So even, yeah. even if he becomes an awesome player, which he might, I'm not saying he won't be. It won't be. It won't be because because he's doing that. Like that, he's he's not going to be that. I don't think. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that, that's a weird one. Uh, uh, I would say I'm a little bit lower on Ryan Repair than a lot of people are, but I I think I understand why. Again, he's that same Dyson Daniels. He's from uh, he's from the NBL. He's I think is he playing yes. for New he's New Zealand, right? I, Zealand, I've only yeah. seen him play literally once, so I, I have nothing here. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but he's just like I think he has a lot less offensive skill than those guys did. But he is six. He's like a six seven two guard with like he's like a seven three wingspan. Uh, and he broke it. He had a wrist injury, and I thought he was out for the year. And he actually played again recently. It sounds like he's so like he's probably going to be a top twenty pick. And I understand it. I'm just not like it's like Usman Jang for me last year. Like I, I understand why. I think I'm. I would just rather go somewhere else personally. I, I think there's a lot of holes that need to be filled before he's like a usable NBA player. Um, and then really a lot of the other guys I was really low on. Derek Lively's kind of uh, he's fall, he's fallen a lot, and I I think that's probably correct. He's, I mean, yeah, he's he's sort of stabilized to where I actually had him. So I actually don't. I think I'm. Pretty much with consensus and, and lively is just for people to know like you know he's just he's legitimately seven feet tall he was a top five rsci guy number um one. was he number one a lot he, okay he number, number one, one rsci and the thing is he's just i mean he's, he's a rim runner he's raw he's not particularly good in college he's not playing a no. lot sometimes he's, in college um he is i think as like a rim protector he's been pretty good he actually did pretty well one-on-one against zach Eady. Which is, Which is not, impressive. Zachy is a massive human being. Um, yeah, he—they're the only team that's really t- defended him straight up, and he—he you know, he had a good game, but he wasn't dominant against Duke. Well, and the, the thing with Lively is that you know, number one RCI is is all good, but he, he just seems like the ar- just the archetype. Even even if he becomes what he's yeah. quote unquote supposed yeah. to be, it's not that valuable. Can't really shoot. It's it's yeah. the Wiseman problem. Like he's. Well, he's, and you and, well, you an and awesome I know athlete. what happened there. But with with Wiseman, there was the school of thought that had Wiseman in the top two or three in that class was that people thought people sort of bought into the to the skills with the ball in his hand, which never mm. I never understood. But at least no. people bought into that. I don't even think Lively had even tries to do any of that stuff. Like he's no, and, he, and it's good for him that he isn't right. No, I, I agree. But he, he just feels more like Willie Cauley Stein to me, where he feels like a guy who would have been a top ten pick in like 2013. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think he was going to be a. I think, based on pedigree and based on what he could be, like okay, let's compare him. They're very different prospects, but because he was at Duke last year, who's a better prospect, Mark Williams or Derek Lively? Very I think different I would players, say Lively. despite I being I would say Lively. 
I, yeah. but I, I was, I was low on Mark Williams, but I mean, yeah, you're going to get like the, the non-shooting rim running big. You're going to get the Walker Kessler stuff. It's like Walker Kessler is like a historically good. Yeah. That's not a comp walker. that you can. Lively yeah, is like a pretty good college shot walker. Sure. And, and no, I, I think that basically if I had to guess right now, this is still early January. Maybe he comes on like, the t- the talents there were if he started, kind I of, don't think he will, and it's not his fault. But they just don't. I have the I agree. I <laughs> don't have the creation around him. But I, I'll, be, I'll be intrigued. Yeah. Intrigued to see if he like pops a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. a slow start, but I, I'm not like off. But I agree. I I never would have had him as high as people had him. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, but he's still a first round pick. I think yes, like, as a as a toolsy seven footer that can maybe even be like a starting center in the league eventually. But not not going to be a great player. Anyone else? But, if there's anyone else I could say I'm low on, and I'm still low on, and I don't understand it. I do not understand the Dylan Mitchell from Texas stuff. I don't like. I understand him as a prospect. Like I understand he should be a prospect. And I have him at 50. Like he's a prospect. He's worth drafting. But he was a guy who was like top 10 coming into this year, and he doesn't do anything. Like he's not uh, even like the Josh Minot, Alex Fudge thing where it's like. Well, I, I was gonna player. I was gonna use a comparison of a of a Texas. Is it like Greg Brown? Yeah, exactly. Well, same kind was, of thing. I think a little bit better. But yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not even saying like as the same player, but like th- that was the thing with Greg Brown, who was supposed to be a, a top five, top eight pick coming into that year, and he just doesn't. He just didn't do it. He's a great athlete. He just didn't do anything in college. He just was. He was just there. And yeah, I don't know. Same. It, it kind of feels the same way. I've only seen Dylan Mitchell play twice, I think, but uh, at the same time, that's kind of where it is. All right, let's move on to I'm the more positive. Con- I'm not convinced he's their number one prospect, and their other prospect is a six foot one guard. Well, there you go. Let's be well, I love Harry Turner is, is cool, but yeah, I don't know if he's yeah, Harry Turner is as a, a fun player. Um, I, I always had to do, I, I don't, I don't want to end on the guys you were lower on, so I did that, got, got, got that out of the way. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option this year, check out the warming app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. I love it. I know that you will too. It's so very easy to use. I can vouch for that. I use Prize Picks almost daily and really enjoy the process in the NBA in particular. All you have to do is go two six players, choose whether they actually have more or less than a certain number of points or rebounds or assists or fantasy score, etc. And Prize Picks works 25 times. Yes, 25 times the money on your entry. Prospects also offers numbers across sports that you might enjoy. That includes beyond the NBA. They have college basketball. They have the NBA. They have the NBA, of course. They have NFL, college football, MLB, NHL, PGA, soccer, esports, and much more. An entire entry can be done just a minute or less. It's that easy and it's that quick. Plus, it's you against the projected numbers. It's that simple. And they also have safe and fast withdrawals of prize picks. They're operating in more than 30 states in Canada. And you can download the Prize Picks app right now or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play DFS immediately. First time users also have 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Check it all out now at Prize Picks. Now, to get the guys that you're higher on, I think I mentioned the name Bryce Sensible earlier. Um, but anybody else you want to talk about that uh, we've talked about so far that you are, uh, that you're all in? You always, you always have your guys. I know you do. Well, I will have my, my, my pitch for Bryce Sensible is very simple. Um, can you think of any other recent guy player? Can Hawks fans in particular think of anyone else drafted <laughs> recently who's 6'6, 230, and the entire game is based on like craft pull ups and like shouldering people and, and shooting floaters? And it does sound familiar to a, certain, uh, to a certain NBA coach's son that plays in the Hawks. Yes. Bryce is like a complete freak technician. He is basically unstoppable in one on one situations for any college defender. Purdue put Ethan Morton on him, who was an awesome defender, and it was like 
it was like those videos you see of like when Michael Jordan plays businessmen where he just gets serious <laughs> and just two jab, pull up, you know. Like I don't think I've ever seen a prospect care less about contests than Bryce Sensible. He does not care. He doesn't even notice them. Um there you go. He plays the most like how I have to play now, where it's just like I'm gonna put a shoulder into you to clear off a foot of space and I'm just gonna shoot this just jumper. And if if it goes in, it goes in. You're not I'm getting to the spot. I'm getting to the right spot and I'm shooting this jumper. If it's a good day, it goes in and I'm beating you. And if it's a bad day, it doesn't go in and I look terrible. That's how Bryce plays. Can he um, can he can he defend? Yeah, a little. He he has a lot of he's a little bit of a ball watcher, but he's huge. He's 240. So like 660. He's legitimately 240, because 240 is huge. <laughs> like, I, actually, he might be heavier than that. Man, I, he's, I mean, that's, that's so big. He's big. His yeah. legs are huge. It's like AJ's. His legs are just big. Um, he just well, puts, some, he somebody just, asked me the other day, by the way, and I, I hated this right away, but it's because they play people. I saw a comparison of somebody asked me about him versus Malachi Branham, and they're so different players because, so different. but they're it's Ohio State, so that's that's, that's yeah. why it's happening. But I was like, guys, I mean, I, I get why you're comparing them, but like, they're Branham was a guard at sets ball, it's not really playing guard, he's a lot bigger. Branham, I mean, he couldn't he defend gets, anybody, possessions like a guard, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Branham's defense was terrible, all that stuff, but like. I don't know. I I like Sensible a lot. I can't, I'm having trouble figuring out like what the consensus is on Sensible ball because I feel like he people that well, I he talked was to not, he was is not like a lottery pick now. Yeah. No. He Where was, was not fifty something. I'm looking now. Um, he's a four star. He's a four star, which is comical because every person I knew, every grassroots person I knew was like, yeah, this guy's averaging like thirty eight points per. 36 in this. Yeah, he was 49. He was 49th RSI. Yeah. So that's. Uh... But the, the thing with Bryce that's really crazy, and the thing that really sets the, his main skill is like he's a very good three point shooter. He's as good as Brady Dick, Jet Howard, uh, Brandon Miller. Same same kind of numbers. But the thing that really separates him, he is, I haven't checked in a couple of, a couple of games, but at one point he was shooting like 59% on two point jumpers, and something like 14% of those makes were assisted. So. He he made like thirty eight of them, and like thirty three <laughs> of them were unassisted ISO pull ups, which is crazy. That is a number that like Kevin Durant does. That's like it. Kevin Durant uh, does that, and like Luca probably does that. That's like a crazy self creation for us a, a two three, and he can defend three. I don't know. I, I and also aesthetically, I, I just really enjoy Bryce. He's like, he he plays like Demar. That's really what it is. He also it's came off stuff. the. He, he's also come off the bench for like mm-hmm. I think like half his games. Like he's, mm-hmm. it's a weird. What for whatever reason Ohio State just keep, keeps having these weird situations. Like last year, Branham came out of nowhere, not nowhere, but you know what I mean. Like he wasn't supposed to be what he ended up oh, what a being in the draft Definitely process. Wasn't a, yeah, yeah. So this is a little bit different than that, but uh, I like what I've seen there too. I knew you were talking about him. You mentioned Grady Dick. Um, He's like the guy we haven't, we haven't talked about yet. Um, I have I have one question. You mentioned his shooting. I, I think everyone knows that watches his stuff. He's a he's a great shooter. Um, is he as bad on defense as I think he is? Because I've seen him play a few times now, and the last time I saw him play, it was a little bit better. But there was a game or two early in the season, like around Thanksgiving, he's been hunted already. He's he was hunted. clearly like as bad of a defender as you will see in college. Like it was it was it's awful. it's it's unfortunate because some guys are just like like sensible. Doesn't really. Have the, the t- he doesn't have the skills built in to, to read the defense and figure offense and figure out what he's doing. You know, some guys are low effort, some guys don't have the tools. I actually think Brady Grady's like a pretty good athlete. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. His problem is, and it's it's really the worst kind of problem. It's like a Doug McDermott problem where like he just can't bend his body. Grady Which is plays, hard to do on defense. If you can't play, you yeah, can't do that on defense. It's, it's right. what makes him a good shooter. What makes him a good shooter is his torso just doesn't move. Like it's like a it's like one of those old action figures which only the arms can move. So he can catch and shoot. He's ready immediately. But like he just can't get low. He can't get around screens. He's too tall almost. Like he's too top heavy and lanky and weird. So yeah, he's just never gonna be good. He plays defense like Clay plays defense now. Which is where not he, very well. He, yes, Clay's Clay like this the stiff old version of Clay. That actually makes some sense. I had but he uh, shoots like Clay. A, he shoots like Clay. So hey, he's gonna be a top fifteen pick. Like he can really you know, I, awesome shooter. He's the kind of guy where I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it does, but mm. he's the kind of guy where even if he's just a specialist and he gets hunted, he could still be a rotation yeah. guy in the league very easily, uh, just because of the shooting. Um, you know, someone I've seen comps to every white shooter that you've ever heard of. Kevin Herter gets the he gets the Kevin Herter comparison now because Kevin Herter is popular. Hugely um, different player, yeah. Agreed. More like much, Joe, much more, more like, diverse. Go to the white, uh, to the white shooter comp. Do Joe Harris because Joe Harris is kind of like that. Joe Harris, and even was, then, like Joe Harris, I think was that possible? Pre pre injury, Joe Harris was like kind of a decent defender too. Like he not a, not, not great. Hard, yeah, he did. I mean, that's and you know part of this, if we're being honest, is that he's. A, a skinny, annoying white guy. He's, he's getting hundred just, just for that. That's that's part that's part of the deal too. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's an interesting. Play. He's kind of one of the simpler evaluations in the draft. Yeah. In some ways, it's just like kind of what you value about him and like how much you care about the defense and all that. Um, who else? He does I have. Ask you about? I will say the one thing about Grady that kind of makes him different from a lot of those guys is he's kind of an awesome layups guy. Like he's really good at just timing his cuts, catch layup. Russell some really cool angle layups. He could absorb contact and finish. Like he's going to be a really just off ball in general. He's going to be awesome. He's not like a pure specialist. Like he no. he can do some stuff in terms Take of a couple his... dribbles in two to sixteen footer. Yeah, yeah. He's not like Duncan Robinson. Like he he could do a little bit more than that. Like Duncan, uh, pure specialist pretty much. Um, Dick has more like I don't know variation. Uh, um, I'm I'm trying to save. Jet Howard for last, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, anybody else that you think you are uniquely high on that we should mention before well, Jet Howard? Uh, it's weird. I want to mention at least some of the other top uh, tier two guys. Go ahead. I'm yeah. still really high on Leonard Miller, although he's kind of fallen into where I had him. He's I, I don't love really Leonard Miller, year. honestly. I, I don't love him. A, I don't, sell me. Very, <laughs> he's having a very productive year. I think the selling is that he still doesn't know how to shoot. Like his shot prep is like the worst you could imagine. He takes some of the worst looking jumpers and he's still like 31%. Like he's still, he has such crazy natural touch and he can hit him, but he's been like an awesome rebounder this year. It's just like tracking the ball, but he's playing before now for the ignite team and like playing well, like he's their second best player. And yeah, he just, he still has like the, he can, he can square up. He can dribble a little bit. He's a good passer. I still think it's going to take him a couple of years because he he was like six two, three years ago. That, that's the thing with it. He he's one of those guys who for no reason grew ten inches. He's like six right. eleven. So J- Jonathan Bender is the cop I've always used for him, and I know that can scare people. Jonathan Bender was coming around before he got hurt. Like he was playing. Brian, Brian you and I are old. Well. Yeah. I, I am. I'm very sure that people listening to this podcast have no idea about Jonathan Bender, like zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been so. It's been so long, like yeah. since he was even out of the league. Like we were in like high school. You and I were basically. Um, 
And, you know, Jonathan Bender was at one point like kind of a freak in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just didn't ever happen. He had one kind of a, you know, it just didn't happen. But anyway, he was just for the, for the background, he was like a six eleven toolsy could shoot it. He, like Jonathan Bender you know. is one of the first guys to get a bump from a previous prospect because if Kevin Garnett had not become Kevin Garnett, Jonathan Bender is not <laughs> a top, what was he like the ninth? He's like the seventh pick. Something, something like, that. like that. I mean, and you know, that was in the era of, of high school guys. And, you know, we had, everybody had yeah. less tape. And uh, that was, that was the pitch was like, this guy's like a three slash four who could shoot. He went fifth, by the way, in the guy, draft. He went oh, fifth, fifth in the draft. He's a six eleven guy who could, who could dribble. That was really the pitch. And yeah, that's the pitch. But, but Leonard is, is in the twenties now. And I think that's where he probably should be. He should go to a team that either has a lot of picks or is Memphis. That's that's my. We should go to Memphis because <laughs> it, it, Memphis. it's still going to take him a little while to really figure it out. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, and the NBA is, of course, the main topic on this podcast. And things are very busy as 2023 is up and rolling now. But playing football action out there as well, hockey, soccer, golf's getting back started again, and other action going on. So the action never stops at Bet Online, and it's the number one source for your wager information, your stats, and your news this season. Check out the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there, and beyond the big ones like football and basketball. They have golf and tennis and auto racing and horse racing, esports entertainment bets, and much more. And Ben Online is also very useful, engaging the latest on the Hawks. They have the point spreads, they have the over-unders, the money lines for a game-to-game basis. Plus, they have player props, they have futures, and much more. Ben Online is also the fastest and easiest way to your sports betting fix right now. And if you like sports podcasts, you can also find those at Ben Online. Check out Ben Online on your mobile device or your computer to learn more about all the trends and the action in the sports world. Ben Online, where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you by Big Dog Speakers, and I have to ask you a question. Can your portable Bluetooth speaker even think about hanging with the Big Dog? The Scout from Big Dog Speakers is a portable Bluetooth speaker specifically designed in Augusta, Georgia, to deliver huge sound that is very clear, plus it has fantastic battery life, connectivity options, and they do it all at a competitive price. The Big Dog Scout speaker also gets loud with a max volume of 105 decibels, and that's louder than the competition while still maintaining the high-quality sound that you're looking for. You could party with your friends or blow up the beach, something that's more practical, like making a phone call, and a Big Dog speaker is built to do Absolutely all of that. Plus, Big Dog Speakers are backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee plus a one-year warranty. It's time to go big with Big Dog Speakers. They have the ability to charge their devices. They have 15, 15 hours of playback, uh, 105 decibels, as mentioned before, and even the ability to pair two together, like I have in my setup, for enhanced stereo sound and a waterproof package. The Big Dog Scout is available right now at BigDogSpeakers.com for $99. You have 20% off with promo code Locked On. For more information, check out BigDogSpeakers.com, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On one more time. That is BigDogSpeakers.com, promo code Locked On. I'm on the verge of moving Chris Murray up a lot higher. He's just playing awesome. That, that is brother of Keegan, by the way, people that don't know yes. from Iowa. He's different from Keegan. He's not as dynamic with the ball. He's not as strong. I don't think he's as, as powerful. But he is probably a better shooter. And it's just good. I don't know. He's just good. Like the Keegan. He just fills a lot of gaps. He's more of a three. And I think he's going to be a three. He's and I would be surprised he's an, he's, an NBA, he's an NBA forward. And yeah. he is... 22 i think it'll be 23 over the summer like he's pretty old yeah. but in a way that's the same not age as Keegan. and you're yeah and you're not you're not drafting i mean uh, he, he, might, he, he has some upside but that's not like why you have to like at the spot yeah. where you're ta- where you're gonna get him probably mid late first like that's okay by the way i just realized yeah. that uh his birthday is the same as mine chris murray oh. uh 14 so, years so, ago so, so is so is keegan's then 
Yes, obviously. Um, but uh, didn't know I didn't know that even, even about Keegan that entire cycle. I, I missed that. Um, but no, it's uh, I, I don't. I like Chris Murray too. I, I, I was like prepared to be the guy who was telling everyone this is not Keegan Murray. You know what I mean? Like because the, the he got he got he got the natural bump of just being Keegan's brother, and it was like okay, here we go again. And I was, was prepared mentally. To, awesome no, I agree. No, I agree. No, I'm, I'm saying I was just like on on my guard to be like, guys, just because Keegan's good doesn't mean he's – and I like Chris Murray. I think that he does a lot of things well. He's not going to blow you away. And I I never loved Keegan, honestly. I never fell in love with Keegan. But, like, he was still in my top ten. It wasn't like he was, like – Yeah. Uh, and I, that feels like where he should have been. Like, he's going to be a good player for a long time. And I think Chris Murray isn't quite as good as Keegan. But at the same time, like, a lot of the same appeal and a guy who has good size. We talked about forwards before. Um, I think pretty high floor player. Like, just could, I think he can shoot it, like you said. Can play a little bit of defense at that size. What is he like six eight? He's six eight. Yeah, he's six eight. Six yeah, seven. I mean, that, six, eight. that that player type as like a hybrid three four. Like, I think I'm with you closer to a three. It's really valuable, man. Like, just mm-hmm. be a plug and play rotation guy. Like, sure, sign me up. And you know, you say I think I think there's one team in the late teens who's probably got him targeted. That's probably the Kings, which would be fun. That would be uh, interesting for sure. They're at 19 right now, together. that'd be fine pickup, like, especially because they're be probably not totally keeping Harris. They're probably not keeping Harrison Barnes. So, no, they almost traded Harrison Barnes to the Hawks for John Collins. That almost happened over the summer. Um, anyway, uh, um, anybody but, else? Uh, let me go. Let me go through the rest of the list. We mentioned Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh uh, again. If this was like 2008, would be a top 10 pick because he's six seven seven two wingspan, awesome athlete, awesome defender. Just can't really score. Um, yeah. But like he can do something. He can pass a little bit. He can move around. Uh, uh, to Smith, I'm a big I, I that people have caught up. I was he should have been in the draft last year. Um, same pitch. I was I was surprised he pulled out at the end last year because I think he would have gone in the first round. He will this year. Oh, he um, definitely will this year. Yeah. To is the same pitch as Bones Highland or Anthony Simons, <laughs> where it's like it's just incredibly skinny. Like way too skinny to be like a full time NBA guard, but these guys can shoot up thirty feet and like just have sauce. They just can can they're just good. Like they just can score. Uh, he's like six three six four. Kalel Ware uh, had a good game today. I'm a fan of his. Uh, unlike Derek Lively, he has other skills. Like he's a rim runner, shot blocker, but Kalel can like is starting to like dribble into like eighteen footers and shoot floaters and can sit and hit spot ups. So I think he's a legitimate like. I would have told you he was like Dan Gafford about six months ago, but I think he's more like Bomba. That's kind of the pitch of like hmm. this guy can shoot. He's gonna have games where he doesn't look very good, but he's gonna have games where he looks awesome. Late late teens. Uh, he's, legit, he's legit. He's a legit seven footer, right? Kill aware. Like he's, he's he's got he's, legitimate he's, seven feet size. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna That's be all. like a six six ten and a half, six eleven without shoes. Yeah, he's, he's huge. Kyle Filipowski from Duke. I'm not crazy about, but he's been super productive and. Is a legitimate ball handler and like shooter at 6'10, 6'11, 235. So there's a Kelly Olenek kind of player in there, or like um, Frank the Tank, or like uh, uh, <laughs> uh oh, Hawks, fan, like, Hawks fans are not gonna like that very much. I'll tell you that right now. No, I mean, he's, he's, he's Frank couldn't dribble, that was the thing. Frank he is a decent not. passer and can shoot, but like Filipowski can handle, like, he's he's a great because he has an older, he has a twin, not an older brother, he has a twin brother. Who was a full time center? So he was like, 
he had to handle when they played he together. Was he was thrust to the perimeter. Yeah, that's and he's good at it. Yeah, he can. I, he just has like that skill. I don't know. Lowry Marketing is doing well with those that skill sets, so we'll see. And yep. then the other guy I want to mention before we get to like my main, my last, my two sons, uh, I becoming a big Taylor Hendricks guy from UCF, but he's been caught he, up with people. Have caught he, up. I was about to say he's been rising. Uh, I've only I've not I've not seen much of him, so I, I don't have a huge opinion yet. But I have seen him skyrocketing. Um, the idea he's kind of an interesting Connor contrast to Gigi Jackson because he's got good usage, but his usage is all pick and pops, like rim runs. He what he's doing right now he could do in the NBA, and he's right now if he continues he's on a little bit of a cold streak shooting, but he was shooting like forty seven percent three that wasn't the last. Um, he's on pace to be I think it'll just be him Chet and Jaron Jackson as far as guys who block forty shots and make forty threes in a college season. That's that's the pitch. Six foot nine, he needs to put on a little. He's just not strong. Like he's real thin. Jaris Walker. Um, Basically suplexed him that whole game. He was he was rough. Jarris just pushed him out of the way every time they matched up together. But he can run around screens and shoot threes. He is just a good shot, a good secondary shot blocker. Just a good. You watch him. You see, it's I always like when there's one prospect on a team because you can watch live and you just watch that guy. And and Hendricks just stays connected defensively. Like he just understands how to like. When to play drop, when to pressure, when to blitz. Just like a quality defender. Uh, I'll, the, the best thing I'll say about Taylor is he's had his like one for eight, one for nine shooting games, but I would never say he had a he has not had a bad game that I've seen. Like, he just does things. He boxes out when he can. He gets rebounds. He finishes, you know, on, on the offensive glass. He's had a few plays where he takes a few dribbles and like shoots a, like a runner, but just a good know, three and D four kind of player, which is. Yeah. Jay Crowder type. I don't know. I don't know how else. The, <laughs> the guy he actually kind of looks like to me physically is Darrell Arthur, but Darrell Arthur wasn't shooting like that. Or like a Patrick Patterson. I think that might be the kind of player he is if he really develops and like puts weight on. And like Patrick Patterson in 2023 is a lot more valuable than Patrick Patterson in like 2012. It's where the way that's, the league's gone. That's true. I, I really like Taylor. He is exactly one year younger than Brandon Miller, which means he is normal freshman age. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and then I, I mean, I like this. Uh, Colby Jones is going to get some burn from Xavier. He's just like super competent. Uh, I'm kind of worried. He kind of reminds me of, um, like, if I stacked up his skill set of like Jacob Evans, where like he doesn't do anything well, but I think he's a better athlete. And he's just like, I don't know, two, three, can pass, can defend, can shoot a little bit, can finish. Just kind of does a lot of things. He'll be great for a bad team to get because he'll he'll raise up your cop just overall competency level of like just being good. I don't know. And then uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention two more guys before I got to the last couple. Um, One for me, one for you. (laughs) Uh, Miles (laughs) Kelly of Georgia Tech is shooting the lights out of the ball lately. He's 6'6", just super crafty. I don't – he's probably a guy for next year, but he's been really good the last, like, three weeks. Like, he's been awesome. And then uh, my beloved boy, Jalen Huchifino at IU, is – the reason I wasn't in on him as like a one and done guy, even though he's a six six point guard, is he couldn't. I didn't really think he could shoot, and suddenly he's like a good year. Like he was, he was lighting Iowa on fire. Even though I ended up, Iowa ended up winning that game. He was killing Iowa. Super crafty, awesome passer, shoot six six. So like, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. That those guys will always get looks. Always. But yeah, 
those are guys I would maybe take at the first. Baba Miller is maybe the other guy people might have heard of. He hasn't played yet because he got suspended for nonsense eligibility. For literally reasons. no reason. Yeah, it's absurd. I Ridiculous. don't really think he's a good basketball player right now, which is a concern. But he is six foot eleven and like pretty fluid and can handle a little bit and is probably at least like a good defender. So he'll pro if he plays and isn't awful. There's also there's also a chance he just like he's a Florida State guy that pops like every once in a while they just have a guy who like makes a leap over the summer and yeah Matthew Cleveland is kind of rehabbing his value um so maybe he gets drafted this year but that that they didn't have that guy last year which is why they weren't very good and they're not very good this year they're not but maybe maybe it's him because he's not played yet so but maybe that'll that'll fix it but Leonard he's preparing them to be men I don't care how the team I love Leonard Hamilton so you know. Uh, absolutely, NBA, then, NBA, former NBA head coach as well, Leonard Miller. Leonard Hamilton, oh, I should, I, I should at least mention. I mentioned Derek Whitehead. Uh, he is starting to put round into shape. He's starting to not uh, shoot twenty percent on three, so he will be a top ten pick because he's just an awesome, really awesome. Oh, yeah. Like he was the best player in high school basketball last year. He's not super athletic, but he just has that. He's just a scorer, like Michael Red. I don't know. Uh, I mean, six 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 wing score with pedigree. Like he's going to be. Someone's yeah. going to fall in love. It is what it is. He, like, I, I like he, him too. He had 18 today and he was awesome. He's starting to look like he is has a confidence in his ability to jump again, which is good. That is good. So, yeah. And then, then there's the last two guys I can talk about. The, All right. And uh, I can tell you without even asking, they are Jed Howard, my son, and, uh, our son. and then Maxwell Lewis. I would, I would Maxwell guess. Lewis is the hardest guy to, to watch right now. Pepperdine does not. Who's airing Pepperdine's games? Uh, streaming, streaming somewhere. Uh, by the yeah. way, again, uh, you you just said it, but uh, I I think that you probably have to be following the draft pretty closely to have ever heard of Maxwell Lewis because he's mm-hmm. like you said, he's a, he's a, he's a Pepperdine sophomore. He's kind of like this year's uh, Jalen Williams, and that yes. he's rising um, from the West Coast, and you have to have to be paying attention to get to get to him. I've seen him play a couple times, but I'm not an expert, so I will give it, I will give it to you on well, Maxwell Lewis. The interesting thing with Maxwell Lewis for being a Pepperdine guy is he was a, he's a four star recruit like he was a legitimate top one hundred recruit. Why did he who, go there? Explain it to me. He he, he did the he, he decided to do the Darius Basley thing where he just wasn't going to play college. He skipped. He was going to work out and enter the draft. And he I don't know if he got scammed or it fell through, but it didn't end up happening. So he didn't have a college, and it was like August of the of last year. And he didn't have anywhere. And so Pepperdine just threw an offer at him. Like, hey, do you want to play here? And I'm sure he was like, oh, I'll go to Malibu. Went there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and, I, I, have you been there before? Because uh, I, no, I, I can I can vouch. I have been to the Pepperdine campus. Um, it's one of the best places I've ever seen. <laughs> it's incredible. So, like, maybe that really is it. Like, I mean, I'm not – It's not yeah. the, pro, the program's fine. I'm not saying anything about the basketball program. But, like, that campus – is absurd. So to your point, uh, there are worse places to spend some time. With Pepperdine, but great place. Yeah, Max uh, didn't. He was like a bench guy last year, and he popped for me on what I might might as well call the Devin Vassell scale of being like, who was a freshman who just got a bunch of steals and blocks, and he had like a four block percentage, four steal percentage, and I was like, that guy's probably good. Um, he's got just got good tools. He's six seven, two hundred pounds, might be six eight, seven one wingspan. But he just pops as like this guy is an NBA player as soon as you see him because he just the thing with him this year is he's really quickly developed like counters and handle. 
he is, I'm pretty sure, by basically every advance, like on CRAM and all like the uh, all the synergy stuff, he is the best scorer in college basketball because he's shooting. He's like 1.7 points in transition. He's like 1.5 points on like pull ups, which is crazy. Points for possession. He also had uh, as I'm looking, he had he had 30 and 14 today. Yeah, as we're talking, he has scored he scored 20 in six straight games, and seven of eight. He's got two 30 point games already. Like they're really just loading him, loading him up, and letting him run. And like the big test for him was Gonzaga, and he had 20 points against Gonzaga. He just can create his own shot. Like that's why I he's the guy I met when I said there's a Paul George in this class because he just has that. Doesn't care about contests. Can rise up. Good athlete, but not like incredible. I was going to say he's not quite Paul George athletically, which is important to keep in mind. But but he has much more craft than Paul George had, and just has like, I don't know, man. He just has that ability to to just face up, three four dribbles, string them together. He's a good passer, and just hit pull ups on people. And like I like uh, people just can't stop him. I like the I like I like the Vassell comp a lot actually. Since you brought Mm -hmm. that up, like. Uh, I didn't think about that, but not having seen him play, like Vassell, a lot of a lot of the same boxes, um, the mm. pull up shooting, the yeah, all that stuff. I, I like that. Defensive and, you know, playmaking. Vassell went too low in the draft, as predicted by everyone, and uh, so, did really Mikhail, so did Mikel. So did Mikel another guy like that. Yeah. So no, I it's it's gonna sound weird, I think, for everyone to have a player with like this skill set from Pepperdine going in the lottery, but like he is a probably a lottery prospect. I, and... Yeah. I can say pretty confidently. I have two people who are plugged in one works for an NBA team and one is plugged in who have both told me that pretty much every team thinks he's a lottery pick and it's only going to go higher when he gets into workouts. Cause he, he is more than anybody in this class. People are going to see him, see the way he's built. See him take like a 28 foot, like do like a four or five dribble thing into a 28 footer and be like, okay, like that, that yeah, I get it. So he's gonna well, go, he's gonna go at very least, he's gonna go top point. Yeah, no and, way. and I'm glad you this isn't everything by any means. I'm glad you explained the his weird odyssey post high school because mm-hmm. I'm looking at his offer list and these are sometimes wrong, but I will just I'll trust it for now. If it's 24 7, it's usually right. Yeah, he he had offers from Baylor. And Oklahoma and Arizona State and Utah and St. John's and Texas AM and USC. Like he had real high major offers. So this is not a guy who like truly came out of nowhere, like you might think for Pepperdine. Like, so that that is good context that I actually wasn't super aware of. So keep that in mind too. But yeah, I've well, I've loved what I've seen. If you look at his to crystal ball, it's he was supposed to go pro and that fell through and he just had to sort of figure it out from there. So yeah. Which, you know, that happens, but no matter what, he's he's there, and uh, I buy it. We'll see. I'm sure people want to look at him. And uh, you made the joke, but it is hard to watch guys from Pepperdine. It's just not a – they're not on TV a lot. you you got to gotta be streaming, got to be uh, synergy and all the stuff that you need to do to watch those guys. But he – Max is – he has some of the toughest makes. It's him and Sensabaugh, to me, are the two guys who have the stuff – who have that thing that Brandon Miller does not have, which is just that uh, – just ability to square up and hit and, and – hit, could tough in paint like paint adjacent twos, which is still, you know, as as much as we, I mean, I, I'm not to make out myself as too much of a Bulls fan, but like there's still value <laughs> in that. Demar is still cruising. Demar's Demar having is, a great year. He's still very good. Yes. Um. All right, Jed Howard time before we get out yeah. of here. Uh, my 
I have him seventh, and he may go higher. The, the most Which perfect is, boy. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't. I think you're probably higher than the consensus, but that might change. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, kind of cryptically, but he he went to the it was Iverson Classic last year in Memphis. That's mm-hmm. the one, right? And mm-hmm. everyone was like raving about him. Like, and he wasn't supposed to be. Obviously, he was, he was a good prospect. But there were like top ten guys in that class at that at that place, and everybody was like, uh, "Is he the best player in the tier right now?" Yeah. Um, and maybe that was kind of the announcement. Other than obviously he's Jawan's son, which is, gets some attention as well. But uh, he's he's very good. And uh, I'll the let thing you with Jed, take it from there. The thing with Jed is when I first heard of him, he was like six three. He has gotten bigger. And it was that's, that's it was like oh, Jed uh, Jawan has like a that was the thing. Even when Jace committed to Michigan, his other his older son, who's his older just son. like a college yeah. player, he's fine. He's okay. Um, the thing was like, oh, he has like a guard. His son Jed is like a two guard who can really shoot. And then, like a year later, I saw him and I was like, this guy's like, that guy's like six eight. He's like six seven, six eight, and is still yep. the same kind of like. We really, it's it's really weird to say this because it usually doesn't happen. Like we, I joked about Iowa. Um, more mid middling prospects should go to Iowa because uh, McCaffrey will he will ramp that usage up like if there's one thing i hate more my least favorite thing about college basketball from a scouting standpoint <laughs> is that sometimes a guy will just like, this happens with sensible a lot even though he has crazy usage they'll be standing in a corner with their hands up like hey i'd like the ball and it's some guard will just be dribbling around in circles while the clock runs out it's like yep at some point the coach needs to be like hey we're running plays for our best player like it's really not hard to do if your best player is a center in college basketball then it's really easy to do because they just throw him into the post and let him shoot a hook shot it's a good, good job, good offense. Let's ask Rashid where he should do that 15 times a game. Good idea. True, true Timmy. Yep. Well, Drew um, Timmy's good at that. He actually um, is, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's weird to say this for Juwan because it's his son, but he really needs – we need to crank that nepotism slider up. Like, he – Well, and, they, you know, it's it's because of – Jets should not be taking of, eight shots in a, in a rivalry. I, I agree, and obviously this is the program I watch the most for obvious reasons at Michigan, and – they still, and I get part of it. They play through. They play through Hunter Dickinson a lot. He's really good, mm-hmm. and I get that. But uh, yeah, I think Jed Howard is uh, underutilized still, despite being the coach's son and the best perimeter yeah. player on the team. So yeah, because like he can dribble. He, he's a good handler. The comp for him right now, even if he doesn't get any better at like actual self creation, he could be Cam Johnson right now. Like he's that kind of. He's that good of a shooter. He's huge. His defense he's- is. Okay, like he gets beat, he and he's not. He's also not. Him. He's also not twenty five years old with a bad hip, like Cam Johnson. Yeah. So, um, and he and, and Cam Johnson won the lottery, <laughs> and he's not. About, and Cam Johnson's about to get paid like sixty to eighty million dollars at least. Oh yeah, like he's no. Make a good. He's going to make good money because he's a good player. I, I I don't love Jets defense. You you said it. Like he's not terrible, but he's going to have to get better there. But I, I think he he's will. Very he's very jumpy. Yeah, I think he'll get better. I mean, he's. I don't really worry too much about it. I don't think he's gonna no. be a stopper, but he's got good size. You know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah. I, I like Jed a lot. Obviously, I'm obviously biased, but it is what it is, and I like him. He should. He can just really shoot. Like that's really the thing. He's got one of the nicest looking forms. He's gonna go top of the twelve. He has to because he's just really good. He's very I saw, good. At basketball. I meant to look and see where Sam had him. On a big board update because you know that's a good reference mm-hmm. of like where things are going. Um, and he definitely, I know, he, I know he went up. Um, I haven't looked at Gavoni's recently, but yeah, I think that we're getting into the, like where Jed is now a consensus, like top 20 pick. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you're obviously higher than that. I think it's going to keep rising if I had to guess, but um, he was off the radar. I mean, not, not totally. He was a top like 50 high school guy, but yeah. he, I think is going to be a top 15 pick. So yeah. Uh, the other, I guess, the other comp I have for Jet. Uh, this this should also people who know me and know my taste should also expose why I like him so much. He also plays like Otto Porter. And Otto Porter, people have Otto forgotten. One of my favorite basketball players. Yeah, and people forgot. I think because of the injuries and all that, like what he was mm-hmm. probably going to be if he had kept staying healthy. Um, and what number three overall for a reason? Like Otto Porter was a top five pick in the draft. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like, no, that, that's a good comp too. So, Otto might be a little bit bigger, but not by a, a ton. little. Yeah, yeah. So go blue at the end of the day, obviously. <laughs> um, go Jed Howard. No, I like him too. Uh, we covered a lot I of ground. Jed. I know it's uh, we we've gone long as always, but um, I plan to bother you to come I back on even, when we're. I didn't post. I didn't even get to talk about Oso Igadaro. My oh, sure, sure. Player. You have you have lots of guys. We we, we we talked about like forty guys, which is not even. We could do, we could do even I more love than that. Um, and you know, Omax Prosper. Once guy. we know, that's a great name. We w- once we know, uh, you know, the Hawks might have a top forty-five pick of second round too. They have their own second mm-hmm. this year. Once we have some more information, uh, we'll circle back on some more stuff, Hawks wise and specific wise. And uh, obviously, the next there's still two and a half months of college basketball remaining. So that's yeah. I mean, of interest. I do, people. I'd like to say this though, I, I we're almost at the end of it. Like this is, as always with with, and I don't I don't watch nearly as much grassroots or high school stuff as a lot of other people I know. But like, for a lot of these guys, this is five year process. So we're pretty close oh. to the end. No, and I, I always say like this is not. Uh, I try to make sure I watch pre college and pre G League, mm-hmm. pre overtime elite stuff, um, just so I have some reference point. But mm-hmm. I, you can't do this. Uh, as well as ever, as people that do this for a living, if you don't watch any high school and you don't watch any grassroots, yeah. like you, you can't. Do, I mean, college is it's good to like no. I mean, and I again, I'm guilty of it. I, I the majority of what I'm doing is the is the last year or the last you know once they get to college. Um, I mean, yeah. this evaluation stuff is certainly starting uh, long before, especially especially on the top guys, and uh, it's very good context. Like speaking of to bring things full circle, AJ Griffin, it would have been. Very difficult to have a complete evaluation of AJ Griffin without watching him extensively in high school, like, or without watching him on the U uh, seventeen team where he all of that was a hundred times better than Jabari Smith was. And Jabari Smith well, was and, good, and he's an outlier in some ways because of the injuries. So like, you needed you needed and pre college stuff. Again, that's what I would say. Yeah, you, you need more. You need more pre college context mm-hmm. on AJ than most prospects because of that. But still, like, it's useful for everybody. It's useful yeah. for it was useful for Paolo. Paolo was the same way. He's very, very useful there. Like, um, anyway, so long story short, yeah. if you if you can if you can find the time to watch some high school, these, stuff, la- these next eight weeks are kind of the end of it. I almost view the tournament itself as like a epilogue for scouting. And yeah, then, it, it gets overblown always. There's always a- there's workouts. Yeah, that stuff. Uh, I would say the interview process and the workouts matter more than the tournament does. <laughs> Uh, but the tournament, I, there's usually like I, one guy a year that like yeah. inexplicably pops. Like I call it the Malachi Richardson, where like everyone that's been doing this for a long time is like, uh, no, that doesn't work. But he has one, he has one good three week period, and he his first round pick, and there you go. Um, Shabazz, Shabazz Napier. At least Shabazz Napier was like a good college player. Yeah, Peyton Siebel. Oh God, that was that hurt me. That hurt me at the end of the podcast. <laughs> All right, um, Brian. Well, uh, please well, plug. The opp- well, the have. opposite of that is Franz Wagner, then, who had a bad tournament. 
He had a, he had a terrible tournament. Good? He was awful. No, he was he was an awful tournament, and uh, he people were like, "What this guy?" I'm like, "You're gonna watch Franz Wagner. He's really good." Was um, awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, if you, if you need real quick, if you need any further proof of how good Franz Wagner was at Michigan, look at Michigan since they, now that they don't have him the last two years. That is, that is correct. Him and Isaiah Livers, very useful players that were no longer there. Um, and Xavier. Of course, our mutual our mutual friend Xavier Simpson, um, Ooh, and, his, uh, and, his, and his running hook shots. I I should uh, uh, I, to bring this full circle before I plug myself. There is a funny Xavier Simpson tie in this track because uh, Asar Thompson, especially name dropped him in an interview. He said he's trying to work on that shot. He started. He's been trying it out a few times in a game, which is great. I sure. want. I want. Sure. I want a world class athlete to be doing this, the stupid Xavier Simpson hook shot. That's the best. I thing. mean, it's that's that I, I would go to Valhalla if that happened. That'd be incredible. Um, yeah, I'm, now I'm going to look for that. That's that's he, he did it. He did it at least once this year. I saw him do it. I would love to see that. That's uh, I'll, have to, I'll, have to find, I'll have to find that clip. <laughs> all right, Brian, where can people find your stuff? You are uh, covering the draft all the time, so please share where they I, can find you. Twitter right there, and then my Patreon link is in my Twitter. No, it's Brian J NBA. Uh, which actually, that's my channel now. By the way, I should have told you that it's different. Oh, um, I use I use the old one. That's my fault. So yeah, please, no, please, I, for, I only for, changed it. I only changed it because I kept forgetting which one was my handle. For, for audio purpose, for audio purposes, people that are not watching on YouTube, your your Twitter handle is Twitter handle is what? Brian J NBA. I changed it. There you that's go. Brian better. J sounds, NBA. Yeah. My apologies so, to. Not no, I I didn't. I honestly did not even realize. I literally I just thinking. clicked on the uh, banner I'd already made the last time, so that that's that's what happened there. Because I I changed it explicitly because I couldn't, couldn't remember, remember which one was, which. was my Patreon. <laughs> which one was my Twitter. I was like, let's just make them the same thing. There you go. Well, uh, Brian J NBA, find Brian's work there. I encourage you to do that. I'm a patron of Brian's. He has been on the show many times. I will hopefully uh, get him on the show once again, uh, closer to the draft. But I do appreciate this uh, mid-season check-in. We were in sort of dire need of it, and I'm glad we got to do this. I appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Again, check out Brian's work. We'll see you all later in the week.